Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. This Spiritual Fix presents TSF Shorts. A potluck of preludes between episodes. Hello, TSF family. Today's short, we are going to be talking about distribution of labor and not the unfair kind, the harmonious kind. What can we do to find a better way of working together? Hello, Anna. Hey, Christina. How are you? I'm good. I've been laughing really hard lately at a new show on Amazon. That apparently nobody else finds funny or you're at least no. your husband doesn't find funny. <laughs> no, no, no. That's He finds it funny, but he says that so many people have told him that it's so funny that he had really high expectations. So then watching it, it's not so funny. But here's the premise. Okay. It's, okay. it's I think it's hilarious. It's jury duty and they're making a fake documentary about what it's like to be on jury duty, but everyone, including the judge and the bailiff and everyone is an actor, an impromptu, what is it? Impromptu Improving. Yeah. Is it, is an improv actor except yeah. for one person who isn't in on the joke. And, but, 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 but he's not being made fun of. It's more like everyone it's like made by the creators of the office. So each jury duty member is like this very unique eccentric person and, and then it's just like, what happens? And then they interview him because he thinks he's on a documentary about jury duty, but really it's just all these insane situations. And if you like people, if you like analyzing people, it is so funny. Okay. And then one of the members of jury duty is actually a celebrity playing himself, James Marsden. Do you know who that is? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he's like in everything, and yet you can't really remember. Like he was Cyclops and X Men, but like you yeah. can't remember. And he's in Twenty Eight like, Dresses, and I I love that. Yeah, guy. he's and in he Enchanted. Was, yeah, yeah, and he was in the Notebook. Like he was in. He's like basically in every film you can think of, but he doesn't necessarily play a character you can always just name off the off the bat. Well, he plays an, a like fictionalized version of himself, like an egomaniac, self-absorbed Hollywood actor. So it's just so funny because the the guy who's not in on it just thinks this is how James Marsden really is. Like he's always dropping how amazing he is. And, and the movie he keeps referencing that he was in is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like a recent movie too, which is funny. Yeah. But, yeah. but like he's been in all these great films. I laughed so hard. I cried multiple times last night. And then when my husband watched it, he was like, it's funny, but I thought it was going to be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> that expectation of funny is is really funny. And I have been experiencing so much weirdness in the world. I can't even tell you. This is going to sound like the dumbest story as to why it's weird. But like, I definitely did a timeline shift at some point this week. 
and it's all about an Amazon order. Yes, please. You guys can judge me for ordering things from Amazon, but like I took so long to make this order because it was like had all this random stuff that like, you know, it's like, you know, when you're just like, okay, I'm so tired of thinking about having to get this thing. I'm just going to do the research and get it all done. And like all these things that have been like not urgent, but important, I'm going to get thing completely disappeared. I remember pushing go. I remember everything of it happening. And then I go to check on when it's supposed to arrive. Never happened. No order history, nothing charged to my account and no search history, like no recent order search history. It's like, I never did it. And then multiple times there was this experience where like I was in the middle, I'm, I'm in the process of getting the the farmer's market stuff that we're doing here in a better place. So we have pork and then we also do, we're going to start doing vegetables and I do salves and teas and stuff like that. And so for the local farmer's market and all the things that I've done for that have just completely disappeared. It's like the browser crashed, something happened. So I'll spend a bunch of time like typing something into a window to like kind of create the marketing around it. And it's all disappeared. And it was really fun because I did this reading with my kids because I was like, hey, guys, can you help me figure out what's going on here? Because I feel like there's some bigger message, right? Because a lot of the things in that Amazon order were for the farmer's market. And it was the most fun thing ever because they were with me the whole time. And I was using this deck, this old deck that my dad gave me called the Pages of Shusta. And I was like, I was just asking questions like, who is stopping me? from doing these things, like making this order and doing these things. And the car that pulled up was death. And the kids were like, oh my God, it's death. Death is stopping you from doing this. And I was like, okay, hold on guys. (laughs) It's probably not totally death. Like there's probably something else behind it. So we kept asking the questions and it was so fascinating because it was like, I was like, am I not supposed to do the farmer's market, whatever. And I started to realize that I was asking the wrong questions because I was asking it all as it related to me, but it turns out that like the reason it wanted me to stop doing this stuff was like, not because of my husband and not because of me, but because of my kids, it wanted my kids to be involved. So as soon as I started involving my kids and all the decisions around the farmer's market, like everything technologically started working. And this like reading that they did with me made it so that like it totally aligned with that, which was just so much fun. Cause it was like the first time it was, it was the first time that they'd really seen it. And my son was like, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. And it was hilarious because my daughter was like, wait, so why are the cards, how are the cards telling you so accurately what these things are? And I was like, I was like, we use Harry Potter as a reference. I'm like, it's like divination. And she's like, well, Hermione does not like divination because she likes Hermione and she wants to be like that kind of skeptic intellectual So I think I have to relate to a lot of the kind of more witchy different things I do in terms of Harry Potter, but it's, it was fun. It's fun. So, so in what ways are they contributing to the farmer's market? They're like picking what you're going to sell or they're going to like, what, what exactly does that mean? Picking the displays, they're picking the way that it looks. So they're going to help with the aesthetic of like what it looks like. My son's been helping me a lot in the garden to like actually harvest. Actually, both of them have been helping me harvest. And so I'm like, I'm putting the farmer's market into their homeschool curriculum, right. As like part of like an entrepreneurship kind of module so that they can like, and so I'm also encouraging them to like come up with their own business idea of like something that they want to sell. So my daughter, you know, in the kind of informal ones that don't require licensing, she's like doing a bake sale kind of thing where she sells fudge and my son wants to do lemonade. And so we're like, just trying to work out them 
recognizing like the cost of something, the effort it takes to do it. And then, you know, working on the salesmanship and like the actual selling it at the farmer's market itself. So it's, we're integrating it into their curriculum now because of all that reading last week in a, in a more intentional way. That's really cute. Yeah. And it combines math and art and all sorts of things. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today, we were going to talk about the submarine Titanic thing, which is the current event, because there's just so much media about it and people like making fun at the expense of the people. And then there's the whole moral question and all this, but we kept getting all this crazy cyber issues. So we were like, we're not supposed to talk about it. We don't know why, but we're just, we just feel like for whatever reason, that topic Archangel Michael does not want us to discuss it. I think maybe because it's like probably either done to death, but also I'm like really conflicted because my sister knows the people who were on it um, vaguely, like loosely. And so like, I recognize the moral issue with it, but I've been given a, a, a understanding of the compassion, the level of compassion to like the people who are actually closest to them. And not that my sister's close to them, but like, you know, kind of a, a, sensitivity that I needed to pull into it that I didn't really have because I'm very kind of in the anti-capitalist kind of realm, right? Where I don't think that billionaires and millionaires should exist in the way that they do today. So it's, it's a hard thing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not, Archangel Michael, are you going to get mad at us for talking about it for those, (laughs) for the 30 seconds we just did? No, just joking. He doesn't get mad. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did decide to talk about today instead is distribution of labor. That is something that you see a lot on TikTok right now with like this movement of women explaining more clearly the mental load and like the injustices of women doing most of the housework, et cetera. And I see it in my own work. I work with the aging population and I see how as certain couples, one of them ages or one person may or may not get a debilitating disease or illness. And then suddenly the distribution of labor is completely changed and that evolves over time. And then suddenly the spouse who never did the cooking or the cleaning is suddenly forced into that role. Or the person who's always been the caregiver, the entire marriage is now forced to be a caregiver times a hundred. So like, I see also how like in marriages, the distribution of labor can change based on circumstance. And that's also very interesting. So anyways, it's just a topic I wanted to talk about today. Awesome. So that is a really interesting thing. And I feel like it's something that we've been talking about. I've just heard so much about on all sorts of social media recently, right? It's just so much about the distribution of labor and like what is actually fair and what is like what makes sense, you know, besides the whole weaponizing confidence, which we've talked about in the past and things like that. So yeah, I'm interested to hear. Okay. So Basically, what I want to talk about a little bit is like what is equitable and what is fair might be different because I've noticed in relationships, for example, if you're married to someone who is not neurotypical, they respond to certain stressors differently than others. Like, for example, like the, the joke is like my dad loses his keys and his wallet five times a day. Like I bought him an air tag for his wallet and his keys. He still loses them multiple times a day. iPads, iPhones, he loses them constantly. My stepmom is a saint because she must have spent hours of her week every week helping him find them. Okay. That's a distribution of labor that seems that's very unique, right? Or maybe not unique. And then like my husband, for example, 
He loves to work. He's an Aries. He gets hyper-focused on work and focuses, focuses, focuses. And then if I ask him to help me say, unload the groceries from the car, he gets very agitated. And I used to perceive it that it's because he doesn't want to help with household chores and he thinks he's like above them. But then I started to realize it has nothing to do with that. It's that he gets in a flow work state and I disrupt his focus. And so it has nothing to do with his desire to help with the family or yes. his desire to contribute. It has everything to do with the fact that I've broken his mental state. And so we've now like worked around that where, you know, we set work, work hours aside. I'm absolutely not going to disturb him in this window of time. And then when he's not working, he's suddenly happy and able to take fucking everything out of the car. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And I completely relate to that because as someone uh, like as someone who yearns for flow states and who gets really agitated, it's been one of the hardest things about being a parent for me, right? Is like flow states are gone, right? For the most part, when you have younger kids, like you're, you're just like, if you like the conflict between trying to concentrate on doing something else and taking care of your family is just constantly at odds, which is like, in some ways, I wish somebody had told me that when I first had kids and just been like, just set everything else aside and you will get rid of the conflict in your life, especially like coming from a neurodivergent perspective to just be like, just concentrate on your kids when you're with them. Don't try and accomplish anything else. Don't try and have these bigger goals at all. Don't try and write a book. Don't try and do any of that kind of stuff because you're just going to feel like you're constantly being pulled out of your flow states. So I completely get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like a lot of times I'll just tell my kids, like they've kind of all learned that when I'm cooking, I don't want to have a conversation because you don't know how many times that someone will come in the kitchen and want to talk to me about their day or just ask me questions. And I'm literally multitasking. I'm cooking, I'm making three different dishes and I'm cleaning up after myself. And then someone wants to come in here and tell me that they, they have this theory about this story or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't have the bandwidth to hear that right now, but I can't wait to listen to it later. And like just myself making a boundary around that has helped. Yeah. And so then, then you have this interesting thing where whether you're neurodivergent or not, you have these flow states and you're trying to collaborate with the distribution of labor because the distribution of labor inherently says that you just have to pick things up as they happen, right? Like you have to be available. It's like being on call, like a doctor, right? Like it's like, when you are the default parent, right? Or when you are the default home caregiver, taking care of the home, like you have to be available for the things that come up. You're there for whether it's a routinized, like you're going to be cooking the meals or whatever it is. It definitely feels like there's this on-call aspect that does not allow for a flow state, right? And and then and then you have this kind of disjointedness. Like I know when my husband and I have it because he is the main home. He he takes care of he homeschools the kid, he takes care of the kids and he does everything. He basically cooks and cleans and does all of that. Right. This weekend was our, we celebrated father's day this past weekend. Cause we were gone the weekend before. And, you know, I was just like doing all the stuff and it was so fascinating to me because I, it was so much easier than it had been in the past. Cause I didn't have any conflicts. Like I wasn't trying to get anything else done. I was just dedicated to doing all the house and doing, uh, taking care of the kids. And he was just like, Oh my God, thank you so much for undoing the dishwasher. And I was just like, I'm such an asshole. Like if that was like the biggest thing, if I could do that for him every single day, like that would allow him to do it. I'm kind of getting off track, but the point being that like, he wants to 
you know, at night he enjoys the time when he can clean and he just puts his headphones on and he's just listening to music and he's just cleaning. But, but if he has to like, go take care of the kids or if he wants me to join him or do something like it's a really difficult conflict is that there's all this timing and flow states. And I feel like it's a really difficult move, but then again, that kind of gets away from the fact of distribution of labor, which is who deserves to do the job? Like who's supposed to do the job? Mm -hmm. Like I noticed just while you're talking that like so many times I like to clean with someone like my sister, my friend, Anna, like I have certain friends that we like to get together and just clean each other's houses together and organize. And I'm realizing, and I'm, and I'm realizing Can I be that friend with you. (laughs) And I'm realizing like one of the reasons why is because you get in a flow state with someone and then they like help pull you in and keep you in that flow state. And that's why I like it so much. And that's why I even like going on errands with my sister. My sister is one of those people who, if she needs to go to the grocery store, will be like, come with me where, you know, and accompany me, which seems really weird, but like, there's something about getting into a flow state with another person that's really harmonious. And I think that when you have like division of labor, you don't get to share in that flow state with your partner. And, and that's kind of where a lot of friction comes in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause that's, I've, I've gotten like, I'm in a position right now of transitioning more full-time into my life coach, intuitive healer, energy healer practice. And I know that I need to start doing more work because I'm going to have, you know, less work to do, less kind of official work to do. And I'm going to do more of the entrepreneurial self-employed sort of thing. And, and my husband's going to pick up more traditional work. Right. And so we're going to have this shift that's happening. And the other night when the two of us were cleaning, we got it done so fast. And I was like, we just need to do this like all the time, right? Because getting in that flow state with that other person is just going to make it so that like when you're both willing to work, like you're both willing to do it, like it really does just feel so much better. And it gets done so much easier and faster when you have two people doing the same thing. Because you can do, you can kind of work around the things you don't like to do more and just kind of move with it. It's like a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And that's why I think I like speed cleaning so much. And like I have on my check, my daily checklist, I have like five habits I want to do every single day, you know, and one of them is speed clean for 20 minutes. And I think the reason why is I let myself get into that flow state and where I don't let the kids interrupt me. Like I just tell everyone, Hey, I'm cleaning for 20 minutes. My headphones are on only, you know, only break my state if it's an emergency. Cause the rest of the day I'm like on call. Right. So that, that is one thing I like, but okay. So going back to what you were saying about like who deserves and what yeah. it's another thing about distribution of labor. There's some questions to ask who's good at the task, who quote unquote deserves to do the task, which is weird, a weird way to put it, but it's it true. Is, Come yeah, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in that you have like all these gender subcategories, like, you know, like I will clean the toilet, but I will not unclog it. Right. Like that's just my gender stuff like that I have gender bias that I do, but I I'm like, I'm not going to unclog the toilet. That's my, a man's job. And Cleaning Eric's going to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. I can, I can clean it. I will not un- unclog it anyway. So there's that. So, the, okay. So we've got who's good at the task who quote unquote deserves to do the task. We all have our biases on that one. Right. Yeah. And then, and then who is capable of doing the task, not just wants to, but capable. And that's like, when you bring up the interesting gray area of like disability and neurotypical versus non-typical, like, you know, like for example, my husband, if I break his mental state, if I'm asking him to defocus from work to come help me unload the car, 
it's a lot more aggravating to him than if you ask my father, who's constantly never yeah. focused. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, but that's, that's the interesting thing too. Like if between my husband and I, like he, I always joke that he works at like a pace that's about three times slower than mine. So he's like, or he's like half time and I'm probably double time. So there's probably like, <laughs> there's a huge, huge difference in kind of the time it takes us to do things. And for him, me asking him to speed up is like his body just literally can't do it. Like, it's just like, there's, there's a, there's such a grading that happens in his system. You can tell that his entire system just goes off and becomes so kind of unharmonious within his body. If I ask him to speed up. And so, you know, but at the same time, I have my thing where, you know, I get into this intensity and if I try and pull other people into that intensity, like it does not work. Like I have to be solo in some ways when I get into the intensity of like trying to clean everything and trying to do all that kind of stuff. So it's like having, it almost feels like it's a song in which we're having to like play the music of the house, play the music of the kids. And yet we all have different instruments and we all have different like speeds that we're going. And somehow we have to try and synchronize the song to make it so that it even works at all. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really like that when you say capability, because I think that that's a really important thing. Like you're going to have different capabilities. You're going to have different paces and speeds. And it's like, and then you're also going to have different expectations. Like, what do you do about the person who wants things to be a lot cleaner than the other person? Who has to take on the responsibility for that? Right. Well, and then another thing, like going into that second thing to consider, parameter to consider, and there's no right or wrong to any of this, guys. We're just like saying, these are like three things to consider when you're coming up with your distribution of labor. But like the one about like who quote unquote deserves, like you yourself might be putting expectations on yourself that don't need to be there. Let me give you a really good example. I hate bedtime. Okay. I hate fucking doing bedtime. I'm a morning person and I like, I'm on 110 miles per hour, like all day, da, 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 da. So that by the time it's six or 7 PM, I just crash. So although that has changed since I started working out harder, which, you know, my metabolism, my, my endurance has shifted. But anyways, when the kids were young, come, come bedtime, seven o'clock, I fucking hated it. I, I like, it drove me crazy. Like I had no patience to read a bedtime story, no patience to brush teeth, to say a sweet prayer. I was basically just like, you know, there's a, that joking book, go the fuck to sleep. Like I didn't say that, but I was thinking like, just go the fuck to sleep. Like, I'm just, I'm just over this. I don't want to do bedtime, but I had the expectation in my head that a mother quote unquote should put her children to bed. And that like, I define my ability to be a good mother by whether or not I put my children to bed, even though I fucking hated doing it. And I, and then I was talking to a friend one day and they're like, why don't you ask Eric to do it? And I was thinking, well, that's, I mean, I'm the mother. I should be putting them to bed. That's, that's what a mother would do. And then I just told him one day, I said, you know, Eric, I have a lot of guilt about this, but I really don't like putting the children to bed. I just don't have the patience for it. And I find it really tedious. I hate doing it. And he's like, oh, I love putting them to bed. And I'm like, you do? He goes, oh Yeah. Cause by the way, he's a night person. See, and he's like, I get to, I get to enjoy them. I get to say my little prayer to them. I get to reflect on the day with them. I like to program their brain before they sleep with like the most positive thoughts possible. And he loves it. And I was like, well, can you just take over? Can you just be in charge of bedtime then? And he's like, of course. And it was like, he could have done it all the time. I just never like brought it up. Cause I had my own expectation of what I should and shouldn't do. It's like, so 
fucking stupid. <laughs> but it was also, but I feel like it's also, I mean, I think that's, I think for one thing, I feel like the parent who's doing the most of the default parenting during the day, you almost always see the other parent taking bedtime. Like, and I think that, so oftentimes bedtime falls to fathers. Like I, there, I can think of 10 families right now in which the father does bedtime. In my family, I usually do bedtime if I'm not in a session because Luke's been looking after the kids most of the day and he and he's fried. To, yeah. And he's fried. Right. So I feel like that's, a, that's a natural thing to happen. Cause it's like a really sweet time that you can spend when you're not getting to spend the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like you have to give yourself some like compassion in the sense that I think the point that we're making in all of this, right. Is that, you know, we're not even going to get into the weaponized incompetence part of this. We're not even going to get into any of the other aspects of it. Of like the it, sexism and the mental load. Like, no, like, let's yeah, just, that's but, another, but, you can find another podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. We're, what we're talking about is how do you find a harmony with the different capabilities that you have with your different neurodivergencies, with, with the, your need to be in a flow state and be uninterrupted and with what you love to do with what you don't love to do, right? Like using those three kind of markers that Anna was saying, like, how do you, how can you have as much compassion as possible and have a really good conversation about like, I love to do this stuff and I don't love to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you could break it down on a whiteboard and just be like, this is what I love to do. This is what I hate to do. This is what I'm good at doing. So I'm willing to do it, you know, and then like have a discussion about that. Like maybe that's a little too, but that's what we did with the podcast. So yeah, the podcast, we we divided up the chores and then we rated them from zero to a hundred. Like how much do you like doing them? How much time does it take you to do them? And, you know, and then we were able to be like, oh, well, like for example, checking emails, you know, so-and-so can't fucking stand doing it anymore. So the other person took over because they don't mind or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And it works really well. And I think that like, that's, there's one aspect of that was just planning, which is just being like, sometimes people just get sick of stuff. Like for me, I learned that thing about do the dishwasher and every morning I get up before Luke and yes, it's a little bit loud, but the kids and I are up and the d- kitchen is kind of far away from the room. So I'm just going to undo the dishwasher every single morning. Like that's going to be my job that I'm going to do. That's going to help Luke so that he doesn't have to do it and that he can get his day done sooner because it made such a big difference for him, right? Like it made such a huge difference for him yeah. to do that. The other thing I found out, which was a really good thing I saw it on some form of social media, but it's the, it's the rating system. And I think I may have sent this to you, Anna, but this is like something to handle the moment, right? Because yes, you could have this grand plan of like, you're going to do bedtime and you're going to do this and you're going to do with that, but like things come up, right? And we're obviously talking about people with kids, but like this happens with the distribution of the house as well, is that sometimes when you can see that your partner is having trouble is you ask them where they are and you make a, a scale from zero to a hundred right? And, and like hundred percent is like, I am so ready for anything. I am completely socially engaged. I feel totally like I'm a three on the polyvagal social engagement scale. I'm not like mobilized or immobilized. I'm, I'm, I'm onto it. I can do anything. I have total energy and I'm ready for it. And zero is like, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm literally about to collapse. I can't even handle this anymore. I have no tolerance. I'm about to blow up or I'm already blowing up. And so you just ask your partner, And you just say, where are you right now? Like Luke and I've started to do this. Where are you right now? And he's like, I'm at a 20. And I'll be like, man, I am, I'm at a 30. And when your two scores together don't add up to a hundred percent, when like, when like neither of you can show up fully enough to actually be a hundred percent there, like for one thing, you have to be incredibly 
compassionate towards yourself and your partner because neither of you is a full parent now, right? Or neither of you is like fully present to be able to do the stuff right now. Also, it's a shorthand to be able to say, hey, guess what? I think that we're going to need to do this together because neither of us have a lot right now, or, Hey, I think I have about 20% more than you do right now. So I'm going to do that. And I feel like it's a really good way to handle the moment when, when someone's like, I cannot clean the kitchen tonight. I am at a 20 and the other person's like, I'm at a 40. I'm not much better. And I want to spend some of that time and that energy doing this other thing. And they're just like, okay, it's just not going to happen tonight. Right. It's like a really good shorthand and way to communicate with your partner Mm -hmm. in that way. And then it, it just makes me think, well, what about people with autoimmune disorders who are always at a 30 or people who have chronic pain who are always at a 20 and then like, but it's also, it's also indicative, right? If the fact that you're always at a 20 or a 30, you are the person who's partnering with that person is, is making a conscious decision and commitment and has made a conscious or has made a conscious commitment and decision to support that other person. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you go into relationships with people with autoimmune disorders or, or chronic diseases, even if they didn't have it when you first got there, like that is a continuing commitment. And for many people, that isn't a choice. They love the person enough to be able to do that. But there are also understandings of the fact that if one person cannot be fully present, what are the shifts that you can do in your life? Can you lower your expectations? Can you do other things like that? So that, you know, can you lower your expectations of what clean is? Are you able to get help? to help the other person get up to, you know, to, to, you know, have someone come in and clean the house once a week so that you can, you know, basically compensate for that person being in a lower space. Those are all things you can do to accommodate kind of chronic things. But again, we could probably do an entire episode about that. So yeah. It's just a lot of different, there's a lot of balls to juggle and each family is going to be juggling different balls and some people can't juggle at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like that on, on many days. So yeah. If you guys like these shorts, let us know, like send us an email. If you like them, if you don't like them, uh, do you want to know if they don't like them? Yes. Because these episodes have been kind of experimental where we're not doing our typical shadow work stuff. And I don't know if people enjoy them or, you know, if they're like, hurry up and get to the juicy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I can't cry. On, on command so otherwise I can't do that. <laughs> but yeah so so let us know our email is this.spiritual.fix at gmail.com we would love to hear from you and remember humility gratitude acceptance done let me tell y'all a riddle there are four girls and four apples in a basket every girl takes an apple yet one apple remains in the basket how is this possible the answer One girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.